and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. In this episode of Grapeseed Friends, we have another veteran teacher as our guest. Today, we welcome Will Rice, a teacher in Osaka, Japan. Welcome to the podcast, Will. Hey there, Adam. It's nice to be here. Yeah, Will is another passionate teacher committed to the success of his students. I've had the opportunity to meet Will on several occasions in different parts of Japan, sometimes at school and sometimes at trainings. He's a great guy and a joy to talk to, perfect for a guest on this podcast. So let's get started here with some basic questions. How long have you been teaching Grapeseed and what were your first impressions of the curriculum? Wow, you know, I was trying to figure out the other day how long I've been teaching Grapeseed and um, you know, it's been six years already. I, I taught for two years uh, at another school, and since I've moved to the school where I'm at now, um, it's been four years. So I'm going into my seventh year. Wow. Yeah, yeah, time flies. And so when I first started teaching Grapeseed, I loved, I loved the music, I loved the artwork. I knew it was going to be good, but I, I didn't realize how great it was going to be until I actually started teaching it. <laughs> um, I, I was kind of skeptic. I was like, oh, okay, another curriculum, you know, but then we started teaching it. We, we saw it re results immediately. Is there something specific that you noticed in those results that comes to mind when you're thinking about that? Yeah, the, the children would actually remember what I said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say something to them and they would come back the next day or the next lesson and say, like what I'd said to them, they would say it back to me, hey, Mr. Will, I did this yesterday. And I was like, whoa, like you actually remember something I say. So I, I realized that it was going to be an effective program, effective curriculum as soon as we started. I feel you there. I used to teach junior high school English. And yeah, there was a lot of times where you'd teach something, you'd come in the next day and students have completely forgotten it already. So it sounds like such a minor thing. But when you experience that for the first time, it yeah. makes such a big impact. Yeah. Great. So do you have a favorite unit or material? Man, there are too many to talk about. I, I, could, I could talk to you for hours about my favorite songs and my favorite units, um, but I don't think we have that kind of time. So nope. uh, I, I, <laughs> I think I want to say my favorite unit is unit five because there's, there's so many cool songs. There's Jack-O-Lantern. Um, there's Everybody Grows. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, like Everybody Grows is the, the Grapeseed anthem. It's, it's the epitome of what Grapeseed is all, it's all about. Everybody grows. We grow. The, the children grow. The teacher grows. And, and it, it's really the heart of what, what Grapeseed is all about. Like we grow as individuals. We grow um, in the sense that we learn to speak English. And Grapeseed supports that yeah we've had a few different coaches and teachers on and they've all at least most of them have pointed to everybody grows as one of their favorites <laughs> another song i like i wanted to mention from unit five is uh, i see numbers because there you know there's i see numbers in uh, in unit four yeah unit four and uh, so the kids they they all know the song and and uh they they can say the whole thing backwards and forwards and then one day you come in and you pull out the new IC numbers from unit five and you start to sing it and they look at you and they say hang on what are you doing you're doing it <laughs> wrong and and you you keep doing it and they're like what's going on here 
But uh, <laughs> gradually they realize that it's a new version and then they're like, whoa, whoa, something's changed. This is so cool. The so, kids will have to wait for the, the fuzzy wuzzy friends and the I went to see oh, mine yeah. and Unit 11 and up there. They'll, 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 get, yeah. they'll get that experience again coming back around. Yeah. A- another material that I like, uh, that I, I, I hated, I shouldn't say that. Ooh, Ooh no, <laughs> no, get into it. Let's get into the drama here. Okay. Uh, the, the first time I heard, uh, this is from Unit 10. Uh, the first time I heard Rude Rude Kitty, I was like, no, you got to be kidding me. We're, we can't do this. Like, this isn't going to work. Okay. And uh, so, so the, and the first 10, 10 times or so that we sang it, I thought I was right. Yeah, this isn't going to work. There's this, no way. And then like one day they come and they start singing it. And well, this, this happens with all the grapeseed materials. They, they start singing it and, and the language from it is actually useful. This girl comes in like uh, a couple lessons after that, and she's. Uh, it was um, it was a day when I was really busy, and we had a crazy class before that, mm-hmm. and um, I had like stuff all over the place, and uh, a girl comes in and she says, "Mr. Will, this table looks like there was an explosion." <laughs> and, <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, "What? <laughs> what did you just say?" And uh, so I realized, like, we, after that, we, we started using all the language from that song. And, and it, well, this is true with all grapeseed materials, but um, it's really useful. You can say, hey, boys and girls, let's have a discussion. Or um, don't go to the bathroom without permission. Uh, not to mention dispelling once and for all the notion that a mansion is an apartment complex. <laughs> um, in Japanese, uh, the word mansion means apartment complex. So yeah. it's, I'll come in and say, I live in a mansion. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> mansion. Yeah, whoa now, whoa now. All of you live in a mansion? Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, your uh, house on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, a weird difference in language there that that loan word is kind of taken on a different meaning in Japanese. But your, your yeah. original point there I really like in that you, in your prep time, you were getting ready to teach this new material and you didn't, you personally didn't like it very much. And you went in and you still taught it anyway. And then you noticed that it was really useful and your students liked it. So then you grew to like it as well. I think if we're all being honest, we've all had that situation where we're prepping for a new unit. We hear a new song or read a new story and we're like, oh, this one really? But then <laughs> if you go into your class and you bring that attitude with it, then of course your kids aren't going to like it too. But more often than not, exactly. if you bring your, the right energy and you bring the right enthusiasm, your students will like it. And then that will help you change into liking something. Exactly. You got into my head and you said it much better than I did. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I said. Like everybody's had that experience, I think. And yeah. you just really in a, in a, strong story there you've let everybody know that what they're feeling is actually real because i think any teacher whether you're in thailand or japan or korea i'm sure you probably had that situation where you're like ah this really but i promise you if you if you do it justice your students will make you like it at least a little bit more than you did originally yeah definitely so tell us a little bit about your school life how many classes do you teach and what units are you currently on 
Okay. Um, my school has two teachers. There's me and Mr. Arthur. Okay. And Shout out to Mr. Arthur. <laughs> hey, Mr. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> and between the two of us, we have six classes. So there's, a, there's one little C class. There's a unit one class. There's two unit four classes, a unit seven class, and a unit 10 class. Ooh, like um, the variety. Yeah, we're pretty busy. <laughs> and uh, to make that even more challenging, the art classroom is a 10-minute walk from the kindergarten, which uh, in, in some ways is good because we have this like 10 minutes of walking time and talking time with the kids. And we can say, oh, yeah, it's hot outside. What's that? It's a tree. Oh, look at the cars. But it's also really challenging because... Uh, it's long and it, if it's hot outside or if it's cold outside, then it, it can be really trying. Um, I can imagine. And for, yeah. And for the little seed kids, uh, we, have a, we actually have a rope. We actually have two ropes and, and they hold onto the rope and we walk with them to the room. And the first few weeks of little seed class are just insane. Getting everyone to the rope, to the classroom, off the rope into the classroom and by the time we get everything settled we have about three minutes for class time and then it's time to go back yeah trying to move a, a um, group of many many three-year-olds is like herding cats it's pretty pretty difficult <laughs> yeah um but uh one really cool thing about our schedule is that so uh, he teaches on tuesday thursdays and fridays and I teach on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So on Friday, we're both here. And what we do is on Friday, we switch classes. Ooh. So he teaches my class, I teach his classes. And this is really fun for, for us, for the kids, for everybody. We have different classrooms. So, and on Fridays, I don't have to c come all the way to this classroom. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really good because uh, it gives us the chance to teach more units, we get to know each other's kids, which in turn provides opportunities for us to talk about each other's classes, um, to talk about each other's, the, the children that we teach. And it also gives the children a chance to listen to different people speaking English. Yeah, I really like that. I've, I've heard a few different cases of similar situations, and it always is a benefit to the children because... Yes. In a lot of cases, if a student only has one teacher, then that person is the sole source of all English in their life, right? Right. But if you have multiple teachers, then that experience is shared and students realize a little bit more that it's more of a, it's a communication tool and it's not just, oh, Mr. Will is English guy and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, like there are situations, sorry to jump in on you there. No, um, there are also situations where you have a teacher, for example, from America and another teacher from England. So the accents are a little different and the students yeah. get exposure to both accents that way, which is really nice. I, I agree. How is your teaching experience with Grapeseed compared to your teaching of other English curricula? Oh, wow. Okay, so comparing Grapeseed with what I did before is like comparing shopping mall sushi in the United States with a nice sushi restaurant in Japan. <laughs> there's, there's no way to compare them. Uh, the people who design Grapeseed really know what they're doing. Um, not only do they understand children, they understand how children learn and they care about children. Mm. And 
um, it works because all those things come into play. So before we started, my manager told me uh, we're going to change uh, to this thing called grapeseed. Of course, I'd never heard of grapeseed at the time. And uh, I wasn't really into it. I was like, okay, yeah, here we go, another curriculum. Um, but then we went to training and I thought, well, this, this seems pretty nice. You know, the, the art is good, the music is good. But as I mentioned before, like once, once we started, uh, there was no turning back. <laughs> everything, everything about Grapeseed is better than what we did before Grapeseed. But my old, the, the system that I used before uh, had uh, flashcards. We, we, we pretty much drilled the kids with flashcards, card mm. after card after card. And I don't know how they're supposed to learn, what they're supposed to do with all those vocabulary words. I guess it's like osmosis or something, like they suck it in and somehow they get it. But Grapeseed, well, Grapeseed has flashcards, um, but they actually mean something. Mm. Um, the children learn vocabulary, which is in turn used in the stories and song which in turn is used in the conversations that they have with the teacher and with each other and hopefully with other people that they meet outside of the classroom. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's not just yeah. a list of words that are just repeatedly flashed in front of students and then you're hoping that the students will somehow put together a rational sentence even though you've given right. them zero context for it. Right, exactly. <laughs> So what is something a student of yours has said recently during class in English that, that, that impressed you? Okay, so um, we were, actually we were doing online lessons um, for, in April and May, we did online lessons. And so we were doing unit four, this is a unit four class. Okay. And one day, um, this boy comes on, he comes online and, and the kids, there were, there were four of them in the class and, and he says, um, so in unit four they have, um, there's IC numbers. And he says, Mr. Will, how many mice can you see? And um, I didn't see any mice. I, I couldn't figure out what he was talking about. So I said, well, I don't see any mice. Um, and the other kids are going, zero, no, no mice, no. Uh, and then he stood up and he had on a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. And he, oh. says, he says, look again. Now can you see one mice? <laughs> of course, it's supposed to be a mouse. <laughs> um, so I, I, was, I was doubly impressed because not only had he used the, the language from IC numbers in a meaningful way, he had actually combined that with the language from another material in Unit 4, which is, um, yes, I can. Because he said, look again, now can you see? So then what was really fun was that after that, the children were all really surprised too. And after that, every time we had a lesson, well, we had online lessons for about two months. So like every lesson after that, um, the children would all bring stuff to the class and they would start off the lesson going, hey, Mr. Will, how many, how many Ultramans can you see? <laughs> how many monkeys can you see? They would bring their toys. And so the girls would bring dolls and, or beads and the boys would bring transformers and and things like that. Yeah, I really liked two things in what you said there. One is that cross-referencing of materials. Now, kids usually don't do that on their own. They usually don't think of a, a phrase from one material and reference it with another one. It's usually because the teacher is doing that already. When they're talking to their students, they're using that look again and asking just 
random questions, how many whatever, whatever do you see? And then students will put that together because they've experienced their teacher doing that. So more than likely that's because of something you did and then students put two and two together, figured it out and set it on their own. And the second really cool thing is that once that happened, once the student said that, he got your positive reaction, your really impressed reaction, and it made all the other students want to do it too. So this is just a good thing for teachers to take back to their own classrooms of use that language naturally throughout your lessons. Once a kid comes and uses it naturally on their own, be impressed, act surprised, and you'll see that be a spark and that wildfire will spread throughout your own class like with yours. Uh, I'd like to think so. Thank you. <laughs> so what is something you are still trying to improve about your own teaching? It's been six years. You're, you're quite the veteran, but obviously nobody ends up being a perfect teacher. So what's something that you're still working on now? Um, well, one thing that I've been working on recently is um, uh, I, I get really excited when, when people, when children say something, when they talk, when they say something interesting or unique. Uh, I've been really trying to pay attention to the, the quieter kids, mm. uh, the children who are sitting in the back just listening, um, and making sure that everyone gets a chance uh, to, uh, that everyone is getting something out of, of everything we do. Something that Miklos used to uh, tell me is that if, if a child is in the classroom and they are uh, paying attention, then we don't need to force them to speak. Mm. Um, if, they, if they're listening and, and focused on it, then they will eventually, when they're ready to, they will get up and, and speak. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, we, we do need to make sure that they are listening and not playing with their, with their friends. Mm. Um, one thing that I noticed when we were doing online lessons is that some of the children who I, I had considered to be quiet or shy, they really spoke up and, and they were talking like even more than the children who I had perceived as being outgoing um, and giving them the different platform to, to speak um, really showed me. And I think it showed them too, that they had uh, this new way of, of speaking and, and so it opened their eyes and it opened my eyes to the fact that um, a lot of them could speak more than any of us, including themselves, realized. Um, so I, I think it's important to, and I'm going to give you another Miklos quote. quote. <laughs> uh, he always likes to say, we, we, we should set them up for success. Mm. Um, and I love, I love those words. Like, it, it's like... Um, it's like, a I imagine a tennis coach hitting a ball to the student and the student like setting the student up for a nice shot to give the student confidence um, that they can, they can do what it is they're trying to do. They can express what they're trying to express or what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we can do that with all our children, not just the, the ones who shout out uh, as soon as you say something. That's a good point. We, we tend to focus on, of course, the, the teacher's pet kind of outgoing, the talkative students, and we tend to focus on students that might have classroom management issues that we have to correct multiple times throughout a lesson, but lost yeah. in the shuffle are a lot of the quiet kids, like you mentioned. So 
taking that extra time to really focus in on some of those students, whether it's one per day or just in general, some strategy that you can come up with as a teacher that works for you that, that helps you notice each individual in your class and not just the ones that are always talking. Great point. Yes, exactly. I, I read once from a grapeseed, uh, something written by a grapeseed teacher, a grapeseed trainer, that um, one good method for doing that is to uh, choose three children at the beginning of a lesson, choose three children and, and pay like a special attention to those uh, children uh, for assessment. Yep. That was Matthew's, right. Matthew's <laughs> tried and true method. Yes. The choose three students and then cycle through them as you go. And then you have specific individual comments for each one by the end of your term or even at the end of the week. So no, that, that is definitely something we recommend very heavily. So great. See everybody listen to Will here. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how has teaching grapeseed changed your own way of teaching in general and specifically your approach to teaching a language? Yeah, when I was younger and uh, when I was learning language languages myself, um, I, I used to think that you could, um, you could learn by just sucking in the language. If you had enough of it, you could just be around it, or you could be immersed in it, and you could get it that way. And I, I think to an extent um, that that's true. Uh, if you actually go to another country to to learn a language or if you're immersed in it in some fashion but it's not true if we have a limited time mm. um in the classroom so um i think the the method that i taught before grapeseed that's kind of what they were trying to do they were, they were just shoving a lot of english into the children and hoping that somehow magically that would sink in mm -hmm. at some point um, so when I started teaching grapeseed, I, I heard the term functional notional approach. Um, and I was like, a what? Um, <laughs> it, took me a while to, it took me a while to figure out um, what that actually meant. But um, I, I think maybe I understand it now. And, and I realized how efficient way of teaching that is. Yeah. So the idea of arming students with the ability to express certain objectives as opposed to here's 20 words, random words that you need to memorize and then hopefully you yeah. can put them together in some weird jigsaw puzzle that's almost impossible. Yeah, giving students targeted language, targeted expressions so they can communicate what they want to communicate. Exactly. Great. So when you prepare for a class, can you walk us through your thought process? Yeah. So um, until... Last year, we, we had to make our own lesson plans. And so the, the process kind of began with, okay, what are we going to do today? How are we going to do it? Uh, mm -hmm. But since last year, Grapeseed has written a whole bunch of lesson plans for us. And that's completely revolutionized the way that I prepare for a lesson. Mm -hmm. So instead of starting out with, okay, what are we going to do today? It's more like, okay, we're going to do this. And these are the questions we're going to ask. So uh, how am I going to ask this? What are the different children going to think about this? How are they going to react? Um, which children are going to be able to answer these questions? Um, and how are they going to do it? Um, so now that we have these 
the lesson plans prepared by Grapeseed, we can focus more on those little details, like uh, imagining how it's going to play out mm. and um, thinking about how we can cater to everyone in the classroom with, with each activity. So yeah, I, I, I have a lesson plan, uh, it's printed out and I take a highlighter, I go through and I kind of like make notes and highlight the things that aren't obvious, like which questions we're going to ask and, and et cetera, et cetera. Perfect. Totally think that that relates to a lot of teachers because most teachers are super busy. And if you yeah. don't have a lot of prep time, let's say we were a couple of years ago when there were no lesson plans, you, if you have five minutes of prep time, you might quickly jot down a list of materials that you're going to teach and pull out those materials, but then you've spent zero time actually thinking about what you're going to teach with those materials or what you're going to focus on, what questions you're going to ask, any of that. You might just have a list of materials. And I remember going into many classrooms and just seeing that list, just a written list of, okay, yeah. I'm going to do... I see numbers and then I'm going to do green and then we're going to move to the carpet. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but there was no yeah. substance there. But now that there's, now that everything else is set up for you, you can take that time, even if you only have five minutes before your lesson to really think through how you're going to teach this as effectively as possible. Yeah. So, so this, the substance is already there. And since we, if, if you do have the extra time to prepare, then you can, add even more substance by uh, going through that mentally. Exactly. Customizing it for your own class, tweaking like how you're going to ask a certain question, how you're going to employ those directions in the lesson plan to your own unique situation. Yeah. Yes. So we know that students who like their teachers in learning environment perform better. So how do you build connections and rapport with your students besides making everybody hold onto a rope as you walk across the street? <laughs> well, you know, holding onto a rope is, is a great way to build rapport with the kids. Yeah, it's a, it's a team building <laughs> exercise. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm lucky to be in a, a situation where I can, I, I have a lot of time with the children outside of their classroom um, during the day. Um, so I, I spend time with them um, during their playtime, at lunch, um, when they're going to and from classes. I'm even in their classroom sometimes helping them with uh, different things. And uh, so I, I can, I've realized that I can use that time to have meaningful conversations with them. Mm. So for example, with the, the kids, with the children who are just starting out Grapeseed, that is a lot of like saying their name because oh, we use English names, by the way. Um, so I do a lot of just repeating their name over and over again and saying, <laughs> you are Lisa, you are Matthew <laughs> uh, for uh, a couple months. Hey, Matthew. Hey, Matthew. Come over here, Matthew. But, but of course, uh, that's, um, there's also, for example, uh, unit three. Uh, if, if kids are doing unit three, then I love to um, play outside with them in the park uh, and uh, talk about things in the park with them. And uh, if they're doing unit six, it's fun to eat lunch with them and talk about food. Um, so, but I think, uh, like, I think the thing is spending a lot of time with them um, as much as I can outside of class really helps to do that. 
That, that's an excellent point. And that really shows how dedicated you are to what you're doing and helping your students acquire the language. A lot of teachers might just think, well, I'm the English teacher. I teach my two classes and I'm done. And now I'm just going to sit in my classroom and listen to music or do something else. Whereas you're you're not just the grapeseed lesson teacher, you're also a teacher of the school that you're in and you're injecting yourself into other areas of the students' daily lives. So they're getting such a, a greater, richer English education than they would if they just, okay, show up for 40 minutes and leave. And then that's all the connection they have with their teacher. Yeah, I like to think so. Uh, I admit there are days when I would like to just hide in a classroom and, and listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I think that's another thing that we can all relate to. <laughs> but uh, it, it, I also, I love spending time with the children and, and watching them grow, mm. um, which again is what Grapeseed is all about. Everybody knows that everybody grows. Exactly. How do you communicate with your school management and your students' parents about your classes? Because that's another thing that we, besides building connections with your students, that we know makes students really successful is having a strong community of teacher-parent, teacher-management. Yeah. So how does that work in your case? Um, I'm lucky to have a manager who's, who's really easy to talk to. So when, when I need something in the classroom or if, there's, if there is a problem with a student, um, then I can talk to her about it. And, and she's really understanding. She, she knows about grapeseed and I can explain um, what's going on with her. As for the parents, it, uh, it kind of depends on the situation. If there's, um, if there's parents, well, this, the issue of speaking what language to speak with the parents. Um, because I don't like to speak um, anything but English in front of the children. Mm -hmm. So um, if, if, if there's a, a parent that can speak English or wants to practice speaking English, then that's actually really helpful for me because I can uh, go up to them anytime and tell them, hey, your child needs to listen to REP more or we're going we're gonna to give you the materials next week or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, if I need to speak in Japanese with a parent, there's, there's several ways to do it. Um, there's several ways that I go about doing it. I might wait until the children are somewhere else or tell the children to, do, to go somewhere else so that uh, I can tell the parents what I need to tell them. Or I can call them on a telephone. Or we actually have a couple of um, helpers that uh, help out with grapeseed. With the ropes, this is very important. <laughs> um, but uh, they also help do things like that to, to tell the parents uh, things that need to be uh, things that need to be told, um, mm -hmm. like what their in the beginning, what their children's names are, uh, and uh, when we're going to hand out materials, and if there's a problem between two students, or if someone uh, hurt their leg today, or peed in their pants. <laughs> um, or whatever it is, I can tell the helper, could you please talk to so-and-so and explain this? And, and that's really, really helpful. Um, mm -hmm. And another thing that my school has is an app. There, there's an app um, that we have to send notices, notifications, messages to the parents about um, whatever is going on in the kindergarten. And I can also use that to send out messages about grapeseed. 
That's very um, 21st century. Yes, and it's incredibly useful. We used to have to print out um, uh, a Word document and run off 70, 80 copies and write the names on all the papers and make, make sure they went out to everyone. And now we can just type it up, put it on the app, and done. We don't have to fax it, fax the things to everybody <laughs> like we do mostly in Japan still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you've, throughout this conversation, you've given teachers a lot of great advice. So what's another piece of advice that you have for a new grapeseed teacher? You have just got yourself into something fabulous. This <laughs> curriculum is truly well designed. It works. Uh, the more you use it to engage with your children, the more they will grow. And so will you. Um, and in many ways, our students are our teachers. What a positive note to end the conversation on. I, I love that last little piece of advice. Just to, everything's going to be great. Trust in the system and you'll be awesome. Trust the process. Exactly. So that's, that's a lot of great stuff. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Will. Thank you, Adam. It was a blast. Yeah. As always, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Hey, everyone. Quick announcement. The podcast audio files have a new home on the portal. While you could access them before in the general tab of the digital resources section, you can now find them as their own course in the teacher training section, alongside our extensive library of videos. One cool new thing to mention is that transcripts of the podcast can be found within the Grapeseed Official Podcast course, in case you are having trouble hearing or understanding something in a particular episode. You will also notice that the podcasts are grouped according to their particular series, like Open the Box or Grapeseed Friends. So if you're looking for a particular type, you can easily access all of it at once. Happy listening! Goodbye, my friends, goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. It was a good day, but now I will say Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.